0: cancer consult. someone but she actually was an allopathic nurse for 25 years and then she mm. saw so many people not recovering from you know chemo and just all these things so she started looking into alternative methods and then she ended up becoming this coach that knew both worlds so we hired her she's she was an expert we hired the best it's like you can you guide us you know and she's the one that said to us the first thing you should do is get this chemo sensitivity test which is called the greek test and basically, they test your specific blood against fifty chemo agents, as well as fifty alternative, non-toxic, aggressive treatments. Right. Like um, there's all kinds of things, but high-dose vitamin C IVs, turmeric pushes—they push up turmeric yep. right into your veins, wormwood pushes—all these things. And they find out what your specific makeup, how it's going to, you know, be the best. Right. And we're so glad we did that because that was one of the things that saved her life. By the way, she's totally cancer-free for five or almost five years out. She's Sweet. crushing it. And it was the best thing we ever did. So yeah, you, with, when you work with herbs, you want to go work with an herbalist or you want to go to a naturopathic doctor or you want to find a functional medicine doctor who's studied herbs. You want to find someone who's going to look at your specific body type. So In Ayurveda, they call it dosha type. And you can go to BanyanBotanicals.com. You can actually take this test to find out, you know, what's your dosha type? And you can kind of just, like, figure out how you're different than other people and then find the right path. I think just reading on Google, which is fine, but and then seeing, like, oh, these herbs and this and that, and you start just shooting, you know, blindly and trying all these different things, and then you don't really know which one actually helps, can be dangerous you just have to be careful um and find like get the right advice and the right guidance but yeah. it's all you know medicine it's all so medicine <clears throat> depending on your approach
1: yeah we have i have uh, we've had a couple of guests here that are um one was a former er doctor who is now functional medicine uh the other one was pharmacist pharmaceutical path education and became again another one that became um uh, naturopathic functional medicine uh, advocate and and basically they both practice practice it and i think one of my biggest <clears throat> because of my culture is we have in hawaii we have our own kahunas kahuna just means master um that are masters of our herbs and and things that you can find in hawaii um, and I've I've used certain ones, and I've stayed away from others, but only because the people that are the experts in it go, yeah, you probably don't want to touch that one. That 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 was not probably not good for you. But try this instead. And it's interesting, you know, it, it's everybody. It's it, we're living in experimentation with our own selves, no matter what we do, whether it's we what we eat, what we drink, what we anything we put into ourselves. And I think over time, if you're paying attention. Um, one of my workmates, she doesn't eat red meat anymore. Mm-hmm. And, it's not, and, it's, and it's not that she doesn't eat because she still eats fish, and she'll still eat chicken, but she won't eat red meat because she knows that it bothers her stomach. So her digestive processes doesn't want to mess with red meat no more. So she doesn't.
0: Yep. Me, I'm such an advocate of this, and one of my one of the habits I teach in my Habits for Thrive program which is my, I forgot to say this earlier. So I have my depersonalization recovery group, which is going to start up in April. But right now I'm working one-on-one with um, people with depersonalization from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, But I but also just teach habits for thrive. Like here's 10 habits that will completely change your life. And one of them is follow your meal plan. So you actually, you create your own meal plan based on your own personal data because it's going to be different for everyone because there is that ancestral component. And I, I always look to centenarians. I always look to the people who live the mm-hmm. longest Yeah. and Dan Buettner's work, the blue zones. He traveled all over the world, for 10 years, also living with the people who live the longest. And then he created a list of everything they all do. One of them is they all eat a 95% plant-based diet. When I say 95% plant-based diet, I'm talking, sometimes people just think of plants but I'm talking about whole grains and legumes and plants of course too fruits and vegetables um and then of course they eat fish and um wild caught you know things like that uh game and grass-fed meat but for the most part 95 percent plant-based but basically you have to look to your ancestry because like what you what your ancestors ate in hawaii that's actually like what your body knows like it's like coded to know that food and that's And,
1: and that's just the hawaiian side the other side is german because okay. what I was about to say is I'm I'm happy stick uh, chomping on a ribeye on any given day of the week, so it's, I, and we were we were hunter gatherers from our, from what I understand from our from our clan, um, so it's like and I and I still love fish. I mean I'll grab a bowl of pokey in, in a heartbeat and and chow down, um, and I and I don't I'm I'm not a one to shy away from vegetables either. Veg, uh, you know just plants and so on. There's plenty of plants to eat. Um, and if, and if that's, what's available, guess what we're eating. So it, 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 I agree with you is what I'm saying is that
0: mm-hmm.
1: you have to understand where you're from and, mm-hmm. and you know, like this, this colleague is, is Russian. So fish and fish yeah. and uh, fish and chicken kind of seem commensurate with what they would have in their diet. Cause I don't know that they were huge beef eaters. I, I could be wrong, but for her, that's what works.
0: Yeah. And we've, and we've, like you said this earlier, like where we're kind of like these living guinea pigs or experiments. And mm-hmm. It's like you take people from all over the world and then you have like you add airplanes and everyone starts moving and you have, you know, people with more melanin in their skin. Now all of a sudden they're somewhere where there's no sun and now they're vitamin D deficient. And you have someone else who grew up on all, you know, living pretty much off the land. Now they live somewhere where there's like McDonald's and all these fast food places are like, what's available or what's the cultural norm. And,
1: and, and they, can't, these, like, they can't figure like, out why they're insulin resistant can't, and can't, can't lose yeah, weight. Exactly. Plus, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's insane.
0: It's insane. Like what migrations are no experiment. longer.
1: Yeah. Migrations are no longer what they used to be. I no.
0: Mean, and we've gotten so far away from our roots that we don't even really know. And, you know, it's like we have to take a 23 and me test, to even find out who we are because there's been so much, you know, um, movement and really what, a, that's why I teach not a diet. I teach a meal plan for life, and I got this information, some of it from the book Shades of Hope, which is written by this woman, Tani McCarthy, but it's really about no time frame, no no number, like on a scale, and and no, uh, what's the other thing, no time frame, no number on the scale, I can't even remember what's the last thing, but it, basically it's you taking your life's data, um, and, and, and no goal, I think it is. It's just here's my here's my meal plan for life this is what i have like i should show you when it's on my fridge i don't i think i brought it out the other day but my meal plan for life and i'm always changing it i'm always altering it i'm like ah, i thought i could have like a ton of dairy but then i'm realizing that's what brought my allergies back on now all of a sudden i'm sneezing and coughing and i have all this mucus and <clears throat> blowing my nose all day and <laughs> you're like cleaning your throat even hearing that yeah and it's like okay that
1: because I, I remember that i don't drink milk anymore i stopped drinking milk years ago
0: yeah me too and i grew up in wisconsin so i almost felt exactly like oh, of all of all, that. of
1: all places that just is yeah. the big contradiction
0: <laughs> oh, i mean i still have cheese sometimes with like raw goat cheese or like raw cheeses um but i still have like local cheese we have this really great organic cheese farm here like a dairy farm here lifeline farms incredible people and i know these cows like i know these people and so it's local and I, I, there is something to that, that, you know, um, macrobiotic eating and, mm-hmm. you know, and eating just, you know, I, I say this to my, my um, course members, the earth is trying to feed you. It's like, you look around your yard and I see these dandelions coming up and it's like, oh, I should be eating dandelion greens, right? This is what the earth is trying to feed me. And it's like, what's in dandelion? You look at dandelions, right? And you look at the roots, like, you know, they're they're badass plants, right? They like, that's, that's the kind of like, what do you want to build your your new tissue and cells out of? You want to, you know, and what are you asking your body to build new tissue and cells out of you are asking them to build it out of only cheeseburgers and fries, or are you going to give them some nutrients? And then I really like just the whole concept of the five tastes. And it's like, are you only eating, you know, sweet and salty? Mm. Are you bringing in any astringent food? Are you bringing any pungent food, or bitter foods into your diet? And we have it's almost like, whoa, when you eat some of these things, like dandelion greens, it's like, whoa, this is super intense. And yet there's this memory that's back in your ancestral DNA of that plant. Yeah. And it's just this really <clears throat> incredible way to connect with your past by eating the food of your past cultures. Yeah,
1: yeah, makes absolute sense. We gotta take another break. <laughs> okay. um, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what's coming up, um, where people can find the group, and so on and so forth. Um, this is this is these are the kinds of fun conversations I love having because you can get into all these wonderful things about life, living, and staying alive. This is what I mean. It's literally part of the end saying. You'll you'll hear it at the end. So we'll take another thirty seconds. We'll be right back. Well, we're back here, Java Chat, sitting here with Cindy Marshall, so just going through. <laughs> going through all kinds of amazing stuff guys if you want to if you want to learn more about it obviously you can find you can find her we're going to have all of her her links down below but um we'd like to find out what you're up to next now you said you're going to launch a group here shortly for for the depersonalization the is that correct yeah yeah okay let
0: me tell you a little bit about all of this okay on uh april Uh, The week of the first week of April, I'm going to be starting up the depersonalization group. It's going to be Wednesday, April 7th at 1030. We're going to be meeting weekly. I'm going to walk you through my 10-step program for completely recovering from depersonalization disorder and also knowing and having the tools for any relapses in the future so that you never have to be afraid of that again and that you can live an incredible and full life like I do without having one inkling of fear of returning you'll have all the tools yeah um so that's happening this coming saturday which is in a few days here if you want to learn how to overcome sugar the addiction to sugar which we all have especially in america um, i'm teaching a sugar busters Masterclass, and i'm going to teach you the habit science around how to and you don't have to eradicate it completely i mean you can't but you'll be able to have control over of it instead of it having control over you and feeling like these binges or these cravings that you get that take over once in a while you won't have those anymore you will still will have, might still have those but you'll have different tools to navigate them so that you don't go off on these little tangents of sugar um addiction hostess,
1: hostess. um
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's gonna be really fun um that's this coming saturday at 10 a.m mountain standard time it's 25 um the my habits for thrive program the next round is going to start out May 3rd, and it's a year-long coaching program. And it's right now we have 11 people in it. We meet every Monday from 6 to 7.30 every night or every Monday night, and we, we just dive in and um, we learn a habit a week in 10 weeks, and then we repeat the same habits in all different seasons because you could be crushing it in summer, and then all of a sudden winter comes and you fall into your depression or whatever it is. Yeah. So you learn to, like, just crush it, and it's really about habit automation. Um, habit science is a huge part of my program because we can all know what we need to do, but without the right methodology and the tools is, and the accountability is really yeah. key, it's really yeah. easy to just slip back in. So that's happening. Um, before that, I'm doing a three-week Ayurvedic cleanse. So you'll, you can drop 10 pounds, you can feel lighter in your body, and you can basically twice a year I do these cleanses so that we can, like, reset and detox, and get, and it's like, you're, you're full the whole time, like, you're not hungry at all in this cleanse, you're eating oatmeal in the morning, and eating basically, like, Indian beans and rice for lunch and dinner, but the first part of it is, like, just eliminating alcohol, you know, uh, you can still have caffeine, you can still have a cup of coffee in the morning, okay, this is Java chat, I'm not going to take that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, I was getting worried there for a second. (laughs) No,
0: in fact, with Ayurveda, like, one cup of coffee is, like, Mm in the morning for most people i can't have it because it just you don't even want to you see how talkative i am now time's up by about a hundred like, it's like <laughs> right? but yeah so that um is going to start and that's a hundred dollars for a whole four week four weeks of support and zoom calls and really cool group and that's going to be starting april 5th so every monday in april from 6 to 7 p.m and then also every wednesday in october and i, I teach monthly I'm... classes
1: I'm, I was going to say, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that this is going to be on a, a cyclical kind of basis. Yep. Where... I
0: teach like really fun monthly classes. I'm teaching calendar integrity. You want to get in integrity with your energy and calendar next, uh, next month. I'm doing that. I'm teaching meal planning mastery. Um, In April, if you want to know a really simple system, because it's again, how we do it, mm-hmm. we all know we need to eat healthier, yeah. but actually doing it is another story. So I've broken it down to like a science. Um, so that's easy for people to implement really good, easy tools. And yeah, every month I teach like a different, I di- teach a different workshop that's and cool. those are $25. Um, I, I love teaching those because that's a way to kind can, of people can
1: out. find this on your website,
0: www.beyondwellliving.com. There are three L's in a row there. Um, Cindy Marshall, I'm also on Facebook under beyond well living, but I have all of my, programs listed there you can find me you can email me at Coach at gmail that's with two l's c-i-n-d-y-m-a-r-s-h-a-l-l healthcoach at gmail.com and you know if you just like if you ever just want to do a 15 minute you have like allergies i'm just looking at you michael if you have something that you want just like to troubleshoot and look at and a little bit i'm totally always up for like a 15 to 45 minute free like session so you can kind of just feel like what it feels like to work with me just see what it check it out you know we can see it
1: sounds sounds amazing um i'm having my sinuses cauterized just to be clear um (laughs) 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 Uh, but the you have a book coming out soon too right
0: i do so i'm in the middle of writing this book i'm i'm hoping it's done by the end of the year And it's basically for the depersonalization community to have a tool. And it's right now I'm, I'm writing like a chapter every two weeks and I'm, I'm just recommitting to it. And I have this really cool book writing group that we're just like on these work party zoom calls and we're just in it to win it. I really want to get this done and out so I can help um, more people.
1: That'll work. That'll be awesome.
0: Yeah. I want them to have mental freedom.
1: Yeah, you'll need to let us know when that book comes out so we can help promote it as well on our channels.
0: Thank you, Michael.
1: Um, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, of course, all of everything that she's been talking about, the books, the links and everything, that'll all be down in the comment section. If you got a question, ask it there. She'll have the links to it so she can pop in and take a look or you heard it, Beyond, beyond Well.
0: Yeah, Beyond Well Living. Because it's not well about living. just being com. good. It's like, how are you going to feel after you're well? What's after survival mode? Yeah, to everyone to be in thrival you know i want them to get to thrive not just survive
1: yeah. yeah there's there's too many there's too much surviving going on right now um we we do need to get as a as a total race we need to get past that already um mm-hmm. so if you're watching again on youtube and you haven't hit the subscribe button yet make sure you do hit the button uh, the bell right next to it so you can know when we get another amazing guest like this on java chat um, I've had a total blast with you today. I've, I've learned a bunch and and I've totally got a ton of value. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us, sharing your knowledge, your insights. It really means a lot to us.
0: Thank you, Michael. I've really enjoyed being with you and getting to know you a little bit and just chatting about ways that we can basically have more joy in our life and less pain. Yeah. It's all about just feeling more like settled in who we are and more comfortable in our own skin. That's what we all
1: want, right? Absolutely. And if you guys are listening to us on any of our podcast platforms, there's like 13 of them, I think. Uh, Make sure you download them or subscribe on that favorite platform. We are on Spotify, so you can always listen to us while you're on the road or when you're out on a a walk or maybe even when you're at your desk. If you like to pick up some good, valuable information, you can list them a ton. I think we're over 100 now Um, and still going. I... I, (laughs) Guys, we just recently got a, a featured on podcast and all of a sudden we're booked out till June.
0: Wow.
1: Go Congratulations. I,
0: Congratulations.
1: And then, and then my assistant said, I don't think you understand just exactly how many people are wanting to get on here. And she sent me the Excel sheet and I went, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't book out that far. Don't go any further than June, please. Just stop right there. <laughs> um,
0: Congratulations.
1: That's wonderful. Yeah, it's I mean it's yeah, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm totally thrilled, but it's like wow,
0: that's a lot of people.
1: Um but yeah, if subscribe, uh, if you're listening to us on our home our home platform which is anchor.fm, you're more than welcome to show a little support. We could always use it. Um share this with a friend, you know, share our podcast whether it's here, or Anchor, or whatever. You know, let them know that there's some really good valuable information coming from these people and then go follow. Go follow Cindy. Go follow some of our other guests and go go see what they're talking about. They're out there giving out, dude, they're giving out free information a lot of times that give you the beginning insights to what you should know anyway. So by all means, you know, live a good life. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other. You know how we love to end this. We always tell you all we thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, making the time, and taking the time to do so. Uh, for Myself, Coffee with Mike, and Cindy Marshall. Stay up, stay safe, stay healthy, and live. Ciao for now.
0: For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. I'm completely
1: out of balance because of what, I mean, especially if you're giving birth, I mean, you're, that's a trauma in and of itself too. I mean. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And especially for me, because I had, I did have both my kids in my living room. Like I stuck to my hippie Catholic roots there. (laughs) um, I actually, the reason I did that is I wanted to, I wanted to have a birth experts help me through the process. Not a doctor. Who It's one of the many things they do. I wanted a birth expert, which is um, what I got. But for me, I had pretty intense back labor, pretty intense labor. And it, um, and if I would have had a, a baby in the hospital, both of my kids would have been C sections, just because I had a cervix that wouldn't dilate. All these things, and they had to do all these, you know, amazing techniques that only midwives actually know. Like doctors don't even know these techniques.
1: Um, no, they don't taught that stuff.
0: No. So anyway, like that's my journey, and I, I was doing pretty great. Um, you know, I had when I got depersonalization in high school. Actually, at one point, I was hospitalized. Um, and then I, you know, just on and off, like really feeling out of my body and, and pretty much had to go to school feeling like I wasn't really there. Imagine yep. like taking drugs and then going to school and trying to get good grades. Like it's hard to retain information. Um, eventually, I distracted myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually, I distracted myself out of the neural pathway loop by just going to college and studying something else and putting my my mind somewhere else. And so over the years, you know, I've learned these different techniques and that's what I'm writing my book about. It's really how, um, it's all the different things I, all the little pieces I picked up all along the way. And, And I still continue to have relapses sometimes, but now I'm able to like turn it around in a matter of minutes or days. So instead of then panicking or getting into another and then reinforcing those, I have all these different techniques. And it's kind of interesting as when I do have these little relapses, I'm able to actually practice the steps of my signature system on myself
1: and then refine
0: them even further. Um, So, you know, I think this is what brought me to becoming a health coach. One is like, I'm just a really avid learner. I've always been just really insatiable learner. And so to have, a place, like I just, a lot of people, basically, I was always health coaching, I've always had people coming to me, and I've always helped people, but now I've just officially, you know, declared that I'm doing that, Um, so yeah, and I'm I'm at beyondwellliving.com, and I have basically the two programs, so I have just anyone that wants to improve their life, and using things from Ayurveda, and behavior science, I'm all about why, like how we do it, not just why we need to do it, how you actually do these things right so habit science super into it um and then really looking at nature and that's why i love ayurveda and and then all these other things i've learned about health and wellness um a lot of it has to do with feeling your emotions and not numbing ourselves and we all have phones right but right. you have this constant i think that's digestion.
1: a huge thing these days is that people huge. are disregarding some are over investing into it unfortunately but there, there is that place of balance. I mean, you have to, they're there. They're not, it's, it's not a, it's not a non-existent thing. You do have to acknowledge that there's something there. I mean, your body and your brain are all trying to tell you something when something's going on. If your heart's racing, something's going on.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. And that's really what this all is. It's a deep listening practice. And it's listening, that's all it is. We have to listen to our bodies. Um, and that's like the thing that I, I keep going back to this polyvagal theory because people used to think okay you have your sympathetic nervous system your and then your parasympathetic nervous system when this one's on this one's off when this one's off this one's on and now, you know and i always felt like there were there were holes in this theory because what about when you're really excited and you're playing like you're wrestling with someone okay are you in flight or fight or rest and digest no you're somewhere in the middle yeah like your your sympathetic nervous system is triggered but you're not fighting and fighting you're in this this place of intense play where you still feel safe and so there's this third system now that um people are talking about and this has been going on for 10 years of talking about the polyvagal theory but it's really and that's why it's like so important to, to look at um look at this the science behind this so that's why i love john levine it's like When animals go through those life or death situations, right? They escape. And then how are they recovering from these traumas, right? They just were in a life and death situation. They just got chased by a lion. You're to say you're a gazelle. You just got chased by a lion. And how are they eating and back into rest and digest in a matter of minutes after they realize they're safe? And it's because they actually allow that charge to discharge. So they allow themselves to shake. They allow themselves to get hot. They allow themselves to move through and basically it's like all this excess adrenaline mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. and they allow themselves to discharge that and then they're fine but what we what we do because we have these this this higher thinking part of our brains that say "Whoa, wait why am i shaking i gotta stop that wait why am i hot i gotta cool myself down wait why you know instead of my hands i don't want anyone to see my that i'm shaking right. and we basically trap that discharge we, we mm-hmm. trap that charge inside of us and so a lot of our problems a lot of our problems have to do with our brains, and, and not, and we're in our own ways. And that's why, um, we have, we're so disconnected from our bodies and we see our brains as being able to hand, you know, to be able to override everything. And what happens is we, um, we actually have stopped listening to our lizard brain, our reptilian part of our brain, which is, and, and it's really like, and this is how one of the ways I, I, balance myself whenever I have a relapse is I tune into my body I just I get out of my brain's way and I say like I just have this direct communication with just my limbic system just my autonomic nervous system and I say like okay where are you tense where are you you know we have to think about what is an emotion it's like this neural cluster yeah. yeah of you know chemicals right that yep. we call an emotion we just put a word on this combination of different you know cluster of of neurochemicals but really it's it's something that's happening in your body Mm -hmm. emotion it implies motion movement it's something that's happening in your body physical and and then we think that you know so that we sort of like we have this disconnect between our body and our and our minds but really the, the closer we can get to listening deep listening to our bodies and getting out of our heads i know that we probably that was probably over 15 minutes but yeah that 15 minute segment but yeah it's i just think it's it's really interesting to me i think it's really fascinating i used to try to i tried for so many years to heal myself using my mind and basically i have to i finally had to figure out that i need to settle my body in order to settle my mind
1: what's what's really interesting about what you just said is a lot of because i I have a lot of friends that are former military it's interesting that i work with a lot of um People that are former military, um, some of them are special forces of different types, and and they talk about that too. It's like when you're in the midst of a fight or flight situation. If you're in a firefight, yeah, you're you're on edge. You're you're going. Your body's going like, and your brain's just like, okay, how do we fix this? And they their their training teaches them to go in and start breathing a certain way. You know, they call it uh, the seals call it box breathing.
0: Oh yeah, I was just reading about this because I, there's a book called Breath by James Nestor, and it's all about breath control. He actually he was just talking about uh, box breathing.
1: Yeah, and and box four in,
0: four out, or four yeah. in, hold four, four out.
1: Yeah, and what that does is that calms. It it's a way of not necessarily controlling yourself, but allowing you to get through the process of whatever it is you're feeling, and calming down. So kind of kind of a, a style of discharge if you will which is really cool I, I get what you're saying and I never thought about that because you know we watch National Geographic and we watch the animals and they do their thing and when the chase is over they show the they show the one being pursued as like eh, no big deal and you're looking at it going bruh, you just got like almost killed <laughs> yeah huh? how are you just like back to eating
0: <laughs> exactly and that's why we have to look to animals and, and look to nature And that's why I love Ayurveda too. Like we have, when we look to nature to be our teacher and say like, okay, we're an animal. Why are, you know, why are we overriding our animal instincts a lot of time? And it's because we have this higher thinking, but it gets in our way sometimes. And, you know, we're almost too smart. We've created these, these phones and the, you know, the social media platforms and, we've always created this alternate reality that's not reality. And sometimes we need to go back to looking at like circadian rhythms, looking at gene clocks, looking at nature, looking at like, how are these animals doing this? And then like, we forget to learn from animals and nature. You know, there's certain things happening in your body, whether you want them to or not, at different times of the day.
1: You you have sharpest (laughs) rise in
0: blood pressure, you know. You have melatonin starts to secrete at 9.30 at night, you know. We have, you know, serotonin, you know, starting to secrete at this time. We have, and if you look at, like, that's why I love, like, I can't believe, like, these Vedics, like, these Ayurvedic um, people, like, back 5,000 years ago. They already predicted what's now, you know, people are getting, like, uh, Nobel Peace Prizes for these gene clock, you know, exploration. And I love the book. Um, Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life by Dr. Sue Hauskus-Sugar. it's incredible because it's basically a handbook for how to live, but we have to look to nature and we have to, and that's that balance that you were talking about earlier, finding that balance. And it's really about like the the best, um, I think the best like way to sum up Ayurveda is like increases like and the opposite creates balance. So if it's cold out and then you're going outside in your shorts and then you're drinking ice water and, you know, you have to think like you're creating more cold and you're putting out your digestive fire. But if it's hot out, you're not going to like, you know, put put, like a giant winter coat on, right? So we're always trying to balance out um, our, that's the best way to heal yourself. And I believe that any body can heal of anything if you give it the right support it needs. You know, and then if you look for the root cause too, that's really huge. Like, we are in such a treat the symptoms culture, and
1: you know, we used we didn't we didn't used to be that way. Right. We used to be one that did look for the root causes of things. There was a certain there was a certain push. I want to say back, just around the ending of World War II or so. It might have been earlier. I'll have to go back and research it, but. I came across it where there was a shift because of a certain push to make uh naturopathic and homeopathic remedies look Uh quackish so that the focus would be going over to allopathic medicine which treats oh yeah that's where the
0: money was it it, you have to follow the money trail and pharmaceutical drug company
1: before we run into that guys this is not conspiracy theory you can research this for yourself on youtube there was a shift away from natural and homeopathic because of what she just said. If you follow the money, you'll understand where all of this goes. If, it's, if you think it's a conspiracy, go ahead and prove us wrong. But it's kind of simple and it's pretty obvious.
0: Yeah. That, I, I would summarize it like this. Um, you can't make money off of a plant unless you change it slightly and then you're able to patent it. You yeah. can't patent lavender you can't, you can't put a patent on lavender, but you can take lavender and you can change the components slightly. And then you can, you can put it in a scientific lab and you can change it a little bit. And now it's Lavadora or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And now it still has, it's now it's up. a sleep, it's a sleep drug. Yeah. That you're using, but you, you added your own little science, you know, so you can't, it's, it's all about patenting. It it's is. all about money. And for me, that's why i mean i my daughter just had nasal surgery i want an md like i want someone who knows how to do but when i want to look for the root cause of something i go to a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor that's just a lot for me i will always look for like one of my daughters has endometriosis right and i've been healing her with herbs and all different kinds of things at home and she's like but i just want to get you know i just want to like have a a regular doctor check me out i go you know it's going to be it's going to be two to three hundred dollars to make to have the appointment me for them to tell me something that i i already know or to basically want to hide you cover your symptoms up but yes okay i'll take you so we went and of course it was it was like 270 dollars so this doctor just said i want to put her on birth control for the rest of her life <gasps> rest of her life she'll never have another period we're just going to block her period <laughs> he said don't you think like what about let, let's look for the root cause like why is she getting this? let's let's look and she's the she looked at me like i was crazy okay yeah. all she knew to do was to tell me that she that she, all she has is these four different birth control pills and which one do i want and it's like none of them you know goodbye and yeah and my daughter was like okay you were right that was
1: the ma. yeah
0: but you know it just comes down to um it's just common sense it's not conspiracy theories it's common sense and it's like just look at the side effects alone of these drugs okay if you just went back to the source and took out instead of someone manipulating an herb it's really all are they're, they're taking nature they're changing it slightly and then you're getting the side effects because of the. i'm not saying that all herbs are good and you know you have to like really know what you're doing because you can also cause some pretty crazy damage i mean herbs are powerful
1: I I got um, I got two stories around that. And we're gonna we're gonna take a short pause yeah. for about 30 seconds, guys. We're gonna come back, we're gonna continue this, even though we'll get into the inspirational stuff. But this is good discussion. So we'll come back about 30 seconds, we'll talk a little bit more about this. I got two stories to share with you um that deal with that, like herbology and stuff of that nature. And one was actually in um a TV show. So I'll I'll explain how that worked when we come back. And we're back here, at Java Chat with Cindy and talking about getting back to nature talking about understanding root causes um there was a show you you, you got to remember the show kung fu with david carradine what
0: is that called
1: kung fu with david carradine
0: oh yeah kung fu yeah totally
1: okay so for those of you that don't know go to youtube all the, they got a whole bunch of episodes there it's a guy who was basically a chinese monk came to the came to the states in one of the episodes <clears throat> There was something going on about honor dishonor or something like that, and herbology played into it, and it happened to deal with a type of of flower that could be made into a substance that could take the body near death. You could not – in other words, you could bring the person to the point where there was no breath coming out of their nose, but they weren't dead. It just took him to that level where it was like meditative. <clears throat> you mentioned how dangerous it can be. If you are not an apothecary, you didn't make that. This guy was, so he he knew how to do it. But yeah, you have to you have to be you have to be aware of what it is. If you're gonna go in, into that realm, <clears throat> you need to know what you're playing with, because mm-hmm. some some of these things are are yeah, dangerous.
0: I mean. In- we don't know what each body is different and each body type is different and what works for one person could kill the next person absolutely and so you have to be really careful because you don't know what kind of environmental toxins one person's been exposed to you don't know the buildup of Household toxins, like maybe this is someone that's already on the brink of something and then they take something and it pushes them over the edge. You know, I love adrenal adaptogen, like adaptogenic mm-hmm. herbs, because they, I love adaptogenic herbs because they basically act differently in every body depending on what that body needs. Right. um And I use those a lot for mental balance, like ashwagandha. Yeah. And things like that, But I don't, well, one, I can't legally prescribe those because being a health and wellness coach i don't have you know i'm not allowed to, to prescribe them but i can say my experience but i i'm even afraid to do that sometimes because then someone might you know take it to the next level and yeah you really have to so my sister sue she went through stage 3b cancer oh, right? wow and she's uh four years older than me she lives here in Missoula so does my younger sister and then I have another sister in Wisconsin and my brothers in Hawaii but my sister Sue um I was her advocate and her confidant and you know we went and lived in an alternative clinic in in, uh, Mexico and I what I found with that is when you're facing like life and death you really have to get super in tune with your body and who you are and what you need and it could be totally different from this person and this path you have to find your path and i love the book radical remission by kelly turner she traveled all over the world for 10 years finding out why people recovered no matter if they did allopath or you know whatever they whatever route they took and someone did a combination and she found like the 12 things that they all did and that's kind of like what this is with um with like what we're talking about with herbs is you have to really doesn't care i don't care if it's a life-threatening thing or a minor thing. you have to really tune into your body figure out what you need and then we talked about this before we started the show today finding the right people and so i i love like with my sister we who wants coffee? who wants a pot of coffee i just make coffee hey, it, huh? you want a cup of coffee sure there you go who wants coffee Anybody else wants coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine, the new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. It's Coffee with Mike. And today we get to sit with another amazing guest, our new friend, Cindy Marshall. Cindy, thanks for joining us on Java Chat.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be
1: here. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you as well. Um, you've got a real interesting story, uh, and I would love for you to share a bit of that. You know, we do this in the, the, the three sections that everybody's familiar with, you know, who you are. So give us some idea of who Cindy Marshall is. Where are you from? What, what's your story?
0: Okay, thank you. Um, so I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, yeah, def- definitely a Packer fan.
1: Yeah, um, sure. I would. I I would be remiss if you weren't coming from. Here.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're kind of. <laughs> you're, there's actually uh, the senior centers there. They hand knit Packer hats around the clock, and so every newborn is a Packer fan. There you Get go. A new <laughs> Packer hat put on their head to like within a minute. But um, yeah, I grew up with five kids in my family. My dad was a barber. Um, we were definitely unconventional in how we grew up. We had we were kind of like Catholic hippies, if I were to put it, you know, I don't know if my parents would call it that, but we had a one-acre garden, we had the Volkswagen buses, it's that, a weird, that, that
1: just, that just uh, well, of course, now I want to go digging, I'm like, Catholic hippie, <laughs>
0: that
1: is a concept, completely, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a really, we, you know, my dad, uh, just being a barber, and a jokester, and him and my uncle ran a barber shop, and they had all kinds of pranks. And then my mom, you know, just we didn't have a lot of money. Like, you know, you can hear that right there. Dad is a barber, you have five kids. So we were almost hippies by necessity. So <laughs> we had like handmade clothes and, you know, a lot of thrift store stuff and just kind of putting it together. And then as there wasn't a lot of money to go right. around, we had a one acre garden. My dad did a lot of hunting and fishing. That's cool. And yeah, we basically, my mom sort of healed us at home with herbs and then she got super into nutrition, which was not happening in, you know, I'm 49. So this was, um, you know, my mom was writing a whole foods cookbook in the early seventies when everyone else was eating hostess cupcakes and, and, you know, Oscar Mayer, uh, you know, liverwurst and whatever, bologna sandwiches. (laughs) So we were the kids with, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> Twinkies right.
1: baby it's all about Twinkies. Yeah I wanted to <laughs>
0: so bad. I wanted to. but <clears> yeah. so we had the my mom was into recycling back then which no one was doing. Nobody had we any had, idea what
1: that was yeah. No
0: one even knew about it. We yeah. were like you know my mom would come into my Catholic school and give sprout demonstrations teach all the kids to grow sprouts. That's cool. Had wheat, for wheat germ charts she took a loaf of white bread and and smoosh it down to a ball and throw it across the room, and talk about how it's all air and it's missing all the nutrients. Yeah. So yeah, we were we were different, and that's how I grew up. Um, then I, I did, um, you know, just I I went I did a lot of interesting little things. Like I flew to South Africa to meet my pen pal. That's um, cool. I wrote to her for ten years, and then after ten years, I saved up all my money, babysitting and waitressing. My first plane ride was at 18 me flying myself to south africa for three months so, traveling so not, not just
1: going to another state but clean out the country <laughs> yeah.
0: no like my first plane <laughs> was like 77 Here's a great africa. idea let's
1: go someplace i've never been in the world and not like <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i was kind of adventurous and, <laughs> and then you know at one point i traveled around and lived in like uh communes all over the united states and like worked in exchange. Um, I did go to school in Milwaukee. Actually, it was the year Jeffrey Dahmer was murdering everyone. Oh my goodness! I was I lived there that year, and then I I moved out to California, um, and I lived in my tent for a year, going to massage school, this healing arts school, and because I we still didn't have a lot of money, I in, did like
1: in true in true form. That's, that's yeah, true, true form. form.
0: Oh gosh, it was a total trip. This place. I, um, I'm, I'm
1: quite, I'm quite sure it must have been very enjoyable too, um, It yeah.
0: was. It was. I, I actually got a lot of healing, um, and you know, just growing up in a culture where kids were hit and smacked around, and I had nuns that would slap us across the face, and we even had a crib in our classroom in third grade, where you got put in the crib, like you got publicly humiliated if you were bad, like wow really abusive um you know but it was the norm it was kind of the norm back
1: back, yeah Uh, i do do remember those norms
0: yeah it was just a culture of like yeah and kids were almost seen as like subhuman (laughs) i mean you know what i mean like it just it's different now yeah and and it's nothing to do with my parents uh you know they were that's how they were raised and it's just it was a different culture it was a different awareness and there wasn't the awareness of like attachment parenting there wasn't the awareness of um just child development you know it's and praise like no that's not that's a way to to ruin your child or it was thought to ruin your child to give them praise and so i spent a lot of time feeling pretty lost as a kid and really different than other people um and always wanting to know why, always wanting to know more, and just feeling unsettled in who I was, like not feeling like I was in my own skin. And it took me so many years to um, figure that out. I did go to school to become a teacher, and I have a teaching degree in arts, and I also have a Bachelor of Fine Art in painting and drawing. Nice. So, and I used music and art, like I played in bands for 20 years. Uh, a lot of rock bands, a lot of punk bands, a lot of metal bands, <laughs> yeah, nice, Michael's raising his hand, so <laughs> I used that, you know, to heal myself too, uh, or to I don't know if heal is the right word, but to kind of, um, just, it was a really great way to be with people too, to play yeah. music, yep. because you had, it wasn't like you had to talk that much, you had a central focus, and you were building something together, yep. and um, you know, I have two kids. I have two teenage daughters. They're 14 and 15. Uh, one of them tried to bleach a uh, a shirt last night at 10 o'clock at night, right as we're all trying to go to sleep, and she dumped an entire half gallon of bleach on it, and we all had, like, basically be- bleach poisoning last night. Um, our whole house was full of fumes, and we're all coughing, and um, so, yeah, I have teenage daughters, <laughs> and... Kudos um,
1: for trying to be independent, but maybe she should ask for a little help on that first
0: run. Yeah, yes. Um, it probably could have, you know, she probably could have taken a cap full of bleach, put it in some water, and that could have done the job. But now that I think this, I think it got damaged. I don't even know. It's in a plastic bag sitting outside on the roof right now. Just threw it out the window. Just had to get the fume smell out. We'll deal with it later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Two teenage daughters and my husband and I. 14 years ago we started a restaurant it's a brick oven pizzeria and it's been just a wild ride it's a lot of farm to pizza um sweet type of thing sweet. sweet um really unusual combinations like we have a flathead cherry with house-made sausage and smoked gouda that's really popular we have a meatball okay. verde it's pizza. So
1: real artisan style stuff this is yeah nice. and this, it's like using
0: viga which is a sourdough starter it's yeah. called viga pizza yeah And, um, it's been, you know, my husband works there a lot, but mostly now what I'm doing is health coaching and I've been, this is my third year doing it. And so it's kind of new. So I left, you know, working at a middle school and, um, and then opening the restaurant to now I'm really not at the restaurant much anymore. I used to be there prepping and cooking and helping, um, with things, but I'm really not there much anymore. Both of my kids work there. They're both dishwashers. To get them started,
1: sometime that's that's how it works.
0: Yeah, so that's the basic story, and and the the interesting part about it is my journey with depersonalization disorder. So you throw that into the mix, and for me, and for those of you who don't know what depersonalization disorder is, it's a feeling of being detached from your body. And if you've ever done any drugs in your life, you know what that feels like. So it's kind of like smoking a ton of weed or Um, taking LSD or something except you didn't take anything and that's what's really terrifying about it and so most people I will say that most people have experienced depersonalization um, at some point in their life and that could be you get into a car accident and that feeling where you you're kind of like not in your body afterwards and you're sort of out of it Um, and it's just this feeling that you're detached somehow from your body or you're like trying to wake up and you can't, like you think maybe like I just drink some more coffee, I'll wake up. Most people have experienced it with any kind of surprising event. You know, it's actually more common or as common as anxiety. The the problem is, is when you kind of, your brain learns that loop. So it's like a response to trauma or Mm -hmm. excessive adrenaline, right? Yeah. But then your brain learns that neural pathway and then that becomes your default and you can't get off of it. And you can become really detached. You feel like you're detached from your body, Mm -hmm. but also your usual thoughts. Because what happens is you become obsessively, you think you can get out of this with your mind. Okay, I can think my way out of it. So it's like, wait, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Oh my God, here it is. Look at this sensation. And you become like hyper-vigilant, hyper-focused and almost like obsessive, Yeah. about the experience of being out of your body, which only strengthens that neural pathway further. Mm -hmm. And so it's a nightmare. Okay, you literally feel like you're in a bad dream and you can't wake up. Wow, it's it's a nightmare, and um, a lot of people get this. So there's a couple of re- reasons why people get this. Um, I'm just gonna shut this. No, it's okay. You can, it doesn't matter. I just realized that you won't be able to see. I'm um, just the sun streaming in, and it's gonna. Just...
1: It's got it's got, it's got an angelic glow on the on the on the. Side. Yeah, you're all right. It's, you're
0: fine. We, I can't block the sun because in Montana we have. In the winter, we have like sixty to eighty percent overcast days. Yeah. And so I like any speck of vitamin D I can get. But Um, I'll just say this one last thing about it with depersonalization. So a lot of people get it, either from childhood trauma, and but when I say trauma, most people think of trauma as like severe sexual abuse or rape or um, some kind of severe abuse or loss or something like that. But trauma, and and I've studied trauma now for a long time, and um, it can be something simple as like a car accident or a medical procedure. Or um, it's basically you don't get a choice to what your body decides is trauma. Your limbic system is only concerned with one thing. Is it safe or not safe? And without you getting to make a choice on it, it embeds a code into your, your limbic system that says, no, it's not safe, and your lib- limbic system overrides your prefrontal cortex. You know, you don't get to have a, make a cognitive decision about like, oh, I'm not gonna react to this, I'm, you know. So it can just happen in an instant. So yes, it could have happened depersonalization from a, some, a, some kind of trauma that could be a severe or not severe. But and a lot of people get it from either smoking marijuana for the first time, uh, or taking some kind of mood-altering drug, something like that, and then what happens is um, you usually get solidified by panicking. Yeah. So when you go into complete panic mode, then your brain like really locks in, like okay, now it's really not feeling safe. And I think it can kind of you can get stuck in this 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 loop. You know, if you could maybe like just chill out and not react to it and not be attached to it and like let your body and and everything that John Levine and anyone who's who teaches somatic experiencing therapy has learned over the years basically when you experience trauma and and believe me going out of your body is traumatic it really Mm -hmm. is and if you can sort of ride it out and try to accept it and let your body shake let your body get hot you know let your body remove the charge then you probably would never even get depersonalization disorder you'd have the you'd have the experience and then the next day you'd feel a little weird and you just keep like staying in a place of non-judgment and then pretty soon your body would would find a balance again and go back into a, a parasympathetic nervous kind system. Kind of normalize
1: it and just and, uh, normalizing the the event as a not 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 safe it's okay I mean yeah it's happening and exactly. yeah it's not cool but we're not we're not in any real threat so to speak.
0: Yeah exactly exactly so that's how you can get stuck in the loop. And for me, I got it from smoking marijuana at 15. And then, but I probably had some just childhood, you know, trauma, um, of just, just growing up. in, like I said, the culture that I did grow up in, and also we, that it, you have to look at your ancestral trauma too. And, you know, if you're, if you've, if your parents and your parents' parents have been through anything traumatic, you're also carrying those in your cellular molecular, you know, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. memories. Mm-hmm. And so it's all of it compounds and it can be this event like, you know, smoking marijuana and getting, I mean, a lot of people smoke marijuana and don't get depersonalized. Um, I have, I know for a fact after experiencing this, you know, for so many years, 30 plus years is that, it a hormone the hormone link is really huge and so i was going through puberty at the time yeah. and then it, you know, look at these other times in my life that it came back which was right after i had my kids um or you know so you have to look at these hormonal times and and or times of stress when you have all this extra yeah. you know your <clears throat> adrenals yeah. are messed up you have high you know no epinephrine high cortisol,